Amen. I want to continue to speak this morning on the laws of the harvest. Before I took a significant break from preaching, about three weeks, we began the first law of the harvest, which was the law of investment. And today we're going to be talking about the second law, the second law, which would be the law of, an, of identity. Larry, if you'd throw our, our slides up, please. These laws that God puts in place, I need you to know, if you don't know already, that these are for our benefit. And the laws that God gives us are ever true and never changing. And when he gives us laws, do you know that God gives laws that help us to live through this life? And do you know when he gives laws like this, these are laws that he doesn't break? If God doesn't break the laws, then who are we to break the laws? Does that make sense? I mean, God is the creator and he is the, the all-powerful one, but yet he understands the significance of laws. And, and why, we, why that's so important for us is that when I know that God is going to be faithful in keeping his laws, that gives me the, the confidence that as I keep the laws, he's going to then give the increase and he's going to do what he needs to do to make these laws effective. If he didn't keep the laws, then it would give me doubt and it would give me wonder, why should I? But just understand that God is a God of faithfulness and he cannot lie and he will not lie and he will, he will keep every law that he puts in place and he will do it for our benefit. So the laws of the harvest are for us. Um, the laws that God sets up and he expects us to follow, he will follow as well and he will never ever forsake us in that regard. Amen. I mean, that is worth a, a rousing shouts of amen that God will always keep the laws that he has put in place for our benefit. So what are these four laws? Let's just review them quickly. The four laws of the harvest are the number one law of investment, and that says you only reap if you sow. The second law is law of identity that says you reap what you sow. The third law is the law of increase, saying that you reap more than you sow. And then finally, the fourth law is the law of interval, which says that you sow and then be patient because God works in his timing. And we need to, we need to continue to sow at a consistent interval and can sow consistently, then be patient, and then let, let his laws go to work. So as we talk about the law of identity, first of all, the, or the law of investment, we said that last week, or last time we spoke, that it says that um, the law of investment, that before you can harvest, you must have previously planted. The law of identity says that if you want to pick corn, then you need to plant carrots. No? Did I, did I read that wrong? Oh, no, I guess if you want to pick corn in the fall, you have to plant what in the spring? Corn. You're going to, you, you plant, and then you expect to reap a harvest of what you've planted. So the law of identity says that you will reap in the like kind of what you sow. And that principle is more than just for the farmer, just so you know. And we're going to find that out as we go throughout today, that the law of, the law of identity is a significant law in all aspects of our life. And what's interesting is, is when you look at the simplicity of, of these laws, they really are pretty simple to understand. There's nothing really rocket science about these laws. But yet, the thing that confuses me and kind of gets me bound up a little bit sometimes is why, if they're so simple, 
do we find them so difficult to obey? If they're so simple, why do we have such a hard time believing them? And I say that because we're not the only generation, I don't believe, that has said that. I think that when you go back through all of humanity, they have questioned the laws of God and they've, they've thought that they could do things and break the laws and they could um, figure out that God really isn't who he says he is and God isn't going to be able to um, maybe do what he says when it comes to his rewards and his judgments. In fact, Paul talks to us about that and he talks to the Galatians in Galatians chapter 6, verses 7 and 8. He gives them pretty stern warnings here. He says, Do not be deceived. Do not be deceived. God cannot be mocked. A man reaps what he sows. That's the law. The man reaps what he sows. Verse 8, whoever sows to please their flesh, from the flesh will reap destruction. Whoever sows to please the Spirit, from the Spirit will reap eternal life. Let's Let's just pray for a minute about this. Father, we just come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, as we read your word, God, I pray that it would be alive to us today. I pray, God, that you would bring this this simple concept of law of identity to light to us today, that we would see it for all it is, and we would clearly understand it for what it is. In Jesus' name, amen. Going back to our Galatians example, with God not being mocked, clearly uh, he is our heavenly father, and he gives us these words Um, as a way to help us to understand that if we want God to be pleased and honor us in the end, then we need to be true and faithful in our beginnings and in our continuing of life, correct? I mean, that's just the laws of identity here. If I want God to be say, Mike, you did a good job, then I need to do a good job through my life. And I can't can't assume, as, as so many, I think, in the world do, that somehow something over time is going to change God's mind and God won't live up to his words. It says here that whoever sows to to please their flesh from the flesh will reap destruction and whoever sows to please the spirit from the spirit will reap eternal life. God cannot be mocked in any way, shape, or form. So read with me. I want to ask you a question. What was Paul trying to say here? All right. What was Paul trying to say in this quick little verse? Was he trying to say one can live any lifestyle they want and because God loves them, God will be pleased with them as long as they're good people? Is that what he's saying? Or how about B? The expectation of living a righteous and holy life are only for pastors and leaders. Everyone else can live any way they want that makes them feel good. Is that what this verse is saying here? Or how about C? If anyone desires eternal life, then they must live a life that is pleasing to God while they have the opportunity. Which answer is the right answer? C. Clearly that we need to understand that if we're going to live a life that is not pleasing to the Lord, he's not going to be pleased with us at the end of the day. Remember, like I said at the very beginning, God, God also obeys his laws. And, and he has, he's bound by his laws. We talked the last time about Malachi 3.8, talked about tithing, and it says, Will a mere mortal rob God? 
Yet, it says, you rob me. Now, God doesn't play games with us when it comes to men robbing from him, especially mere mortals. <laughs> I mean, when he says mere mortals, it's saying, it's putting us in our place. It's saying, guys, I, I, you need to know who you are. You're just a mortal man. I've made you, I've created you, and I love you. I mean, this is not in any way saying that God is not loving us. But God is not willing to be fooled by anyone, especially mere mortals. <laughs> we are not going to get one over on God because we think we can. God loves us, and he has everything in store for us, but it's paramount in that that we love and revere and we fear him as well. I think part of the problem that we have is we think there's something wrong with having a fearful respect of a loving father especially one that gives us commands. We think that there's something wrong, that, that we don't have to fear God, we don't have to respect God for that way. But I'm telling you that we need to understand, we need to understand the, the, what it means for us to have a reverential fear of the Lord and how that works in this identity of reaping and sowing. God's given us many instructions. And he's looking for us to be able to um, obey them. We really don't have any excuses. We can't say, God, I didn't know. We just read in the slide before that as we sow in the Spirit, we will always reap life, fullness, and abundance of God's blessing. As we sow in the Spirit, we will always reap life, fullness, and abundance. And at the same time, as we sow in the flesh, which is our sinful nature, which is our carnal man, we will always reap death, destruction, and never God's blessing. God isn't confused. God cannot be confused, and nor is he deceived, as we said before. God's word's very clear in this area. And I want to read some other scriptures here that talk about that a little bit more. In Galatians chapter 5, it says, So I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not gratify the desires of the flesh. Now, what does that mean? What are those fleshly desires? Go down a few more verses. It says the acts of the flesh are obvious. Sexual immorality, impurity and debauchery, idolatry and witchcraft, hatred, discord, jealousy, fits of rage, selfish ambition, dissensions, factions, envy, drunkenness, orgies, and the like. I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, when I look at a list like this, I typically will look at the worst ones, like um, sexual immorality and um, witchcraft. Uh, I'm, I'm not a witch. Uh, I'm not living in sexual immorality. Uh, I don't normally have fits of rage. Uh, I don't drink, so I can't be a drunkenness. So I look at the ones that, that don't pertain to me, and I, and I focus on those. But look at the other ones, it says. Oh, by the way, I don't have orgies either. Okay, just so you know. Um, but what are the other ones? What about Jealousy. Am I ever jealous? Do I, do I ever have any selfish ambitions? What about any type of a dissension? What's a dissension? A dissension is, a dissension is talking bad about somebody else. A dissension is making me look better and someone else looking worse, putting my agenda over theirs. Anything that would separate unity is a dissension or a faction. What about envy? Is there any envy in my life? Do I ever look at somebody else and think, oh, they have more than I do and I'm envious of them? You see, it's not just, God's not just displeased with the really bad people. 
I mean, that's obvious. And that's easy to think that God's really displeased with all the really bad people. But you need to know that he's looking at all areas of our life. And this reaping and sowing issue is in all areas of our life. And, and so when I, have my, when I sense envy in my spirit, or if I sense jealousy rise up within me, I need to know that that's not pleasing to the Lord. And when I allow that to be planted in my soul, that it's going to reap destruction in the end. I need to know that. I, I just can't look at the really bad people. I have to look at me as a good guy. I'm a good guy. Most of the time, I'm a good guy. Even if you ask my wife, she will still tell you I'm a good guy most of the time. Right? But I still have things in me that if I'm not careful, it says, and I warn you, as I did before, that those who live like this will not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, what does inherit mean? Inherit is another word for reaping. I will not reap eternal life if I sow discord or dissension or if I have selfish ambition or if I have jealousy or if I'm envious. Do, do we, am I getting it? I mean, am, am I making it clear enough here that we need to look at all aspects of our life? So this is a very clear instruction of God's word that we need to recognize sowing and reaping is real. So we shouldn't have to struggle with it so much. Why don't we take this serious? Why don't we take this as serious as we should? Why does the world have such a problem with this? Why does the people in the church have such a problem with this? Let me back up. Do you have a problem with this? Let me ask the question. Is there anything in here that that challenges you? And if so, why? As I was thinking about this, I see that probably the one, is, the one biggest downfall in our society today is that we have, we have lost the overall fear and the holy reverence of God being who he is. And we want to think, we want to think of him rather as a benevolent father that loves me so much that he would never allow anything bad to happen to me or he would never really hold me accountable. I think that's the enemy's way of getting into people's lives in so many ways is the enemy just comes very subtly just like he did to Adam and Eve. Did God really say? Did God really say? And I think that's the question that most of us battle in our lives most of the time. Did God really say? And the biggest fall that we have is that we, we, we lose the fear of God. We lose the fact that we need to be reverentially fearful of him and truly respect and honor what he says. And I have a number of verses I want to just run through relatively quickly here. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 7, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. The fear of the Lord is just the beginning. <laughs> the fear of the Lord is just the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise it. Proverbs 9.12, if you are wise, your wisdom will reward you. If you are a mocker, you alone will suffer. Again, these are warnings about reaping and sowing. Proverbs chapter 1, verse 28 through 33, then they will call to me, but I will not answer. They will look for me, but will not find me. Since they hated knowledge and did not choose to do what? did not choose to fear the Lord. Since they would not accept my advice and spurned my rebuke, they will eat the fruit of their ways and be filled with the fruit of their schemes. For the waywardness of the simple will kill them, and the complacency of fools will destroy them. 
But whoever listens to me will live in safety and be at ease without fear of harm. Again, there's a, a direct warning of fearing God and keeping him first in our life. Hebrews chapter 10, 26 and 27. If we deliberately keep on sinning, After we have received the knowledge of the truth, no sacrifice for sins is left, but only a fearful expectation of judgment of raging fire that will consume the enemies of God. Reaping and sowing. Hebrews 10, 35 and 36. So do not throw away your confidence. It will be richly rewarded. You need to persevere so that when you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. Again, after you have done the will of God, you will receive what he has promised. You are sowing in identity. You do the will of God. You, you sow that way and you will receive his promises and you will receive his blessings. Then finally, Ephesians 6, 5 through 8. Slaves, obey your earthly masters with respect and fear and, and with sincerity of heart, just as you would obey Christ. Obey them not only to win their favor when their eye is on you, but as slaves of Christ, doing the will of God from your heart, serve wholeheartedly as if you were serving the Lord not people. Because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever good they do, whether they are slave or free. The whole point of that is the last verse. Because you know that the Lord will reward each one for whatever, whatever good they do, whether they're slave or free. It doesn't make any difference what position you are in life. What you sow, you will reap. So is it safe to say that as we fear the Lord, that we can reap eternal blessing? I would think that. As I sow respect and fear and honor of the Lord that I can expect to receive God's eternal blessing. And I mean blessing in a way much more than just what you get here. Uh, yes, you can might have a nice home, a nice, a nice car, and those are all nice, but the blessings I'm talking about are the kinds that are eternal, the kind that gives us a freedom from fear of death and fear of sickness and fear of loss in this life, fear of famine, fear of um, anything that would just want to take away the pleasures of this life because I know that I have an eternal, I have eternal reward. I like what Albert Einstein said. He says, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result is the definition of insanity. The definition of insanity, doing the same thing over and over again and expecting a different result is the definition of being insane. <laughs> How frustrating is that to think that you're going to do something, the same thing, and expect something different to come out? I think Albert Einstein understood the law of identity. He, I don't know where he was in his Christian life necessarily, but I think he understood the law that, of identity that it's only as you plant a certain thing will you get a certain outcome. Let's look at it from a different angle. Let's look at it from, from, from the from the angle of life looking backwards. What do you want your life to be like? Do you want eternal life? Do you want to have a life full of peace, love, joy, satisfaction, spiritual growth, harmony, financial success? Is that what you want? Or are you okay with death and destruction? Are you okay with maybe um, with a life full of uh, of, of, of full of discord and unhappiness and strife and jealousy. What, what do you want your life to be? So once you understand what you, what you want your life to be, hopefully it'll help you to make decisions to get to the right way. This verse in Proverbs 
is given two different places, 14.12 and also 16.25. It says, there is a way that appears to be right, but in the end it leads to death. There is a way that appears to be right to a man or to a woman, but, but it ends in death. Now, if I find myself ever having to justify something in my life, this is a warning for me. If I find myself having to justify my actions, my behaviors, my belief or my lack of belief, that's an indicator that maybe I'm not on the right road. Because maybe I can think I'm good, but yet when I know deep down in my heart that I have to justify something, that's exactly what this verse is saying. There's a way that appears to be right, but yet I know I have to justify something to make it right, and that ends in eternal death. That's not a good place to be. And if I have to convince myself that what I'm doing is really okay, then I'm probably not doing the right thing good indicator, a good, a good test for us, something that we should keep in mind. We have the choice to sow what we want to sow. There's so many things in life that we can't control. I get that. There's a lot of problems that come into our life that we just can't, we have nothing to, nothing to say about them. But for the things that we can choose, it's wise that we would do this. It's wise that we would um, make the choices to sow what we want to reap. It's up to us that we would either sow of the flesh or the sinful spirit that brings destruction and all forms of discord in our life, or if we sow of the Holy Spirit, we can bring fruit. We can bring the fruit of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, patience, goodness, kindness, gentleness, and self-control. What do you want in your life? I mean, it really is a simple answer. So, Jackie, if you'd come, I know you've got to get out of here at 12 o'clock, so we're going to do our best, Jackie. I'm doing my best for you to get this done because I know you've got things to do today. I want to bring this discussion on the law of identity to a close today because I want us to truly understand that we have choices. You have choices, and don't let the enemy tell you that your choices don't matter because they do. If you want to reap eternal life, then you have to live a way of eternal life today. You have to live in a way that's pleasing to the Lord. And it's, and it's quite honestly, it's pretty easy, folks. And there's a lot of joy and there's a lot of peace. You know, we went through a whole series on holiness a number of weeks ago, earlier this year. And holiness is a, is a, is a fun thing. Holiness is a thing that gives us peace and joy like we can't even begin to imagine. The, the only place that we truly can get it is is with the Lord. So if you want to have peace in your life, here's some examples. If you want peace in your life, then be a peaceful person. Don't be a person that is a troublemaker. Look for ways to bring peace to a stressful situation. Rather, rather and, and look for ways to build up and reduce the anxiety level in a situation. You want peace in your life? Plant peace. If you want to be loved, then plant seeds of love. Go out of your way to be helpful and loving to others. Not just, like you, not just people like you, but others as well. Love people, not things. Love people, not things. How often can we, get, can we fall in love with the things of this world and we lose love for the people of this world? It's a big one. Do you want financial success? Then sow seeds of financial success. Are you faithfully giving and tithing and giving over and above? 
Are you contributing to missions and other needs outside of the church? Do you want financial blessings? If you want financial fruit, then you must plant financial seeds. That's the law of identity. You want God to bless you? Be faithful to him. Then finally, do you want eternal rewards? Eternal rewards and keep a long-term perspective. Keep your eyes on Jesus. There's a lot of things in this life that will bring destruction or bring distractions and bring discouragement, but don't lose heart. God's got the bigger picture under control and he knows what it's all about. Colossians chapter 1, verses 1 and 2, or Colossians chapter 3, I'm sorry, says, Since then, you have been raised with Christ. Set your hearts on things above where Christ is, seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things above, not on earthly things. If you want to have a spiritual blessing, if you want to have eternal life, then live like it today. Plant seeds of, eternal, of eternity today. Keep your eyes focused on Christ and things above. Because I'm sure you want to hear this as well. Matthew 25, 23, you want to hear Jesus say to us, Well done, good and faithful servant. You've been faithful with a few things. I will put you in charge of many things. Come and share your master's happiness. If we're living a life sowing in the right identity, then we can expect this response. It's very clear. It's very simple. So this morning, I want to just encourage you to challenge yourself. Look at your life this morning. What, what kind of a life are you sowing to? What kind of things are you putting in your life? Are you, are you putting things in your life today that you're going to hear this someday? Are you going to hear Jesus say, well done? I hope so. Let's pray. Father, we just come to you in Jesus' name. Lord, we thank you for this day today. We thank you, Lord, for your promises. We thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you that your instructions really are clear. This is not confusing at all. The laws of the harvest are very clear to us that we reap only if we sow. And then today, we reap in like kind of what we sow. Father, help us to reap eternal life by sowing eternal seeds today. And we do this, first of all, by asking you to come into our heart and and into our life and to be our Savior today. We do this by asking, first of all, you to forgive us of our sins and for us to recognize that you did die on the cross for us and you did take care of all of those issues. All the sin in our life can be forgiven instantly by us just believing and asking you to forgive us of our sin. And then, Lord, comes the living the day too and after. And that is now we have to sow into our life. We need to know that every day counts. Every day that we get up and we do the things that we do, are we doing things that are planting seeds of eternity? Are we doing the things that are really going to help us get through this life so that we will hear you say, well done, Mike. Well done. Put your name in that spot. Well done. Lord, that's what I want to hear. So I pray that you would give us your grace today, your empowering grace that would help us to live that kind of life. Lord, that we just, I pray that you would just bind the enemy that is so prevalent in this world today and even in so many churches today that just give people the sense of you're okay, just be good enough. You don't have to excel in anything. You don't have to excel in godliness, but yet God is going to be pleased with you. That's not one of the laws. Help us to recognize that. 
The only way you're going to be pleased with us is if we excel in our efforts toward you, that we put everything we have into pleasing you. So, Father, I just pray that you would open our hearts to this in Jesus' name. We thank you for your mercy and your grace. So I just want to sing the song that Jackie and Tom are playing and use this as an opportunity to examine your heart. If you just want to pray while we're singing a song, that's fine, and just examine your heart and say, Lord, is there anything within me? Is there anything that's in me that's not what you want it to be? Am I not sowing to the right things? Use this as an opportunity to challenge your life and take this seriously, folks. Please take this seriously. God's word is true. He cannot be mocked. You will, receive, you will reap what you're sowing today. Take it seriously this morning. This is my desire. Father, I just pray that this time of reflection have, has revealed some things into our lives this morning that either saying that, yes, I'm pleased with you, my son and daughter, or, yeah, I'm pleased with you, but I have a few other things you need to do. I, you have a few things you need to take care of. Father, I pray that the Holy Spirit would have control and I give him authority to convict and to bring those things clear to our hearts and lives today that we would see you for what you really are. You are a loving Father, no question about it. You do love us, but you are also a very just Father and a very righteous Father. And you command and you require some things of us. So, I, Father, I pray that we would see that and we would ask the power of the Holy Spirit now to come into our lives and do the work in us, clean us up, encourage us, convict us, give us the power to live above the circumstances of this life. Help us truly to be able to invest in the law of identity, that we would truly be investing and planting and sowing seeds of eternal life. 
And I pray for this body today. I pray for this church. I pray, God, you would bless us as we go to our homes. I pray, God, that you would just uh, be ever so mindful of us as we are mindful of you. And I pray blessing in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.